Hello and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist feminist podcast that loves to give solicited dating advice. Today we have Zoe, Julia, Bianca, and Kellen. And um, before we get started, I just wanted to take a minute to remember um, Mistress Velvet. They were one of the first guests that we ever had on Season of the Bitch, and they were our first on our first ever episode about sex work. Um, and in addition to their work as a dominatrix, they were also just an incredible organizer with SWAP and um, a really powerful, really, really smart, just inspiring person. And um, they passed away this week. There is a fundraiser to cover their funeral services that we can link to in the episode info. Um, and anyway, I just wanted to take a second to acknowledge their loss and remember them. Yeah, thank you for uh, saying that, Kellen. Um, their episode on sex work with y'all was one of the first Season of the Bitch episodes that I ever listened to, and I learned so much from their insights. Um, I didn't know them personally, but I just really feel like their work touched my life and my understanding of sex work um, and really did a lot to shift my thinking on a leftist view of sex work. Um, Yeah, they just really did a lot to push forward the conversation on sex workers' rights and they will really be missed even by people who didn't directly know them, um, but just their their thinking really impacted a lot of us, so. Yeah, well, thanks for that, y'all. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get into the episode. Yeah, thank you for that. Today, we are back with another installment of Revolutionary Romance, where we answer your questions that we demand of you related to (laughs) dating, romance, (laughs) sex, friendship, et cetera. Um, Yeah, I was going to be like the questions you asked, but I'm like, we strongly encourage you to ask us We we asked you to ask (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we believe that everyone should have some leftist feminist praxis in your interpersonal relationships, and we're here to help. As always, we thank you so much to everyone who trusts us with their questions. There is a lot of vulnerability in that, and we try to answer with as much vulnerability and honesty as, as you write them in. We do take our role very seriously, but as always, not liable for heartbreak. If it's <laughs> and it goes horribly awry, we're not experts. Uh, we don't know what you expected from us. But if it goes well, and sometimes they do, and we hear about it, we do love a follow-up DM letting us know uh, how great how great your love life is doing. So please tell us any updates, especially if they're good ones. If they're bad ones, you don't have to tell us. <laughs> you can if you want to, though. We're here for you. So yeah, let's let's get into it. Awesome. So our first question is a juicy one. I love this one. And it goes like this. I have a crush on my good friend. She has a boyfriend and so do I. I know it's wrong, but it feels like it it would be reciprocated maybe. (laughs) Do I tell her how I feel? Oh my God. This is the first question that came in and I was like, we are coming in hot this week, everyone. (laughs) I was just immediately like, oof, this is so real. Um, (laughs) Okay. So my first reaction to this one is like, yes, you should immediately tell her how you feel. But then I also like counterpointed myself with the fact that a similar thing to this has happened to me where one of my friends who was in a relationship that was not open 
like confess their feelings to me. And it ended up being very complicated and terrible because they, I mean, one, it was not reciprocated, but that was like a separate issue. But like they very clearly expressed they were not willing they weren't considering like leaving their relationship. And I was friends with both people in the relationship. So it very much became a like, I'm just putting this on you, but I'm not actually going to like take action to address the issues in my own relationship. So I feel like my main starting point of advice is like to think about what does this mean for your relationship with your boyfriend before you like bring your friend into the situation. And, you know, she'll have to figure out what, she's going to do with her boyfriend as well. But I think like, you know, think about, does this mean like maybe you want to be in an open relationship if you're not currently? Like, does this mean that there's potentially something that the relationship isn't meeting that like maybe this relationship isn't working for you anymore? Like, I feel like you have to figure out what these feelings of attraction mean for you and your current relationship before you bring another person into it. And then I feel like, you should tell her. And I don't think it's wrong. I think it's beautiful. I don't think it's wrong either. It's definitely yeah. not wrong. <laughs> I would like put that aside for sure. Like there's nothing that comes from be- feeling guilty about your feelings. Like feelings just happen. You you can't get mad at yourself for them. Like what matters is like how you decide to act on them. Um, and based on the question, I also assumed from the way that it was phrased that these relationships are open or poly relationships. Um, If they are, a lot of the sort of complications aren't there. Um, I think it's worth talking about just like what happens if there aren't those complications. But some things that I immediately thought of to like think about um, is, and, and Julia alluded to this, like the first question is, what is this crush giving you that your current mm-hmm. relationship isn't? And like, it's okay that your current relationship isn't giving you something. Like one person can't be your everything. Um, I think crushes are good. Crushes are cute. Like all of that is fine. But the question that I have is like, is there something you need from a relationship, especially if you're a mon- sort of tend towards monogamy that this relationship isn't giving you that you're looking for somewhere else and so like doing some searching on that front i think is important um another question is like if you aren't monogamous or if you are monogamous like are you willing to give up what you have for the potential of this friend relationship um and the reason i ask that is because like if you are planning on staying with your boyfriend and you tell your friend like there might be some real complications for that you might have fallout with your friend you might have fallout with your friend's boyfriend and one of them might actually tell your boyfriend if you don't tell him yourself and that creates all kinds of problems so i think (laughs) that like before you tell this friend if you're going to tell them you need to like really consider the potential ramifications for your current relationship And the other thing is, is, and I I think it would be worth talking about this more in depth, is like, are you ready to have the friendship change dramatically if the feelings aren't reciprocated? Like some people can handle it if their friend has a crush on them and they're not interested. And like some people can't. And I have no idea which type of person your friend is. But like, I think you have to be ready for the possibility that things might really change. And then the last question that I thought of as I was reading this that you might want to ask yourself is like, 
is it better to just leave this as a crush? Because like, I think crushes are really fun. I think pining for somebody that you can't have, like there's, there's a purpose to that, which is like that that pining is giving you some kind of excitement or something that maybe you're, you feel like you're lacking. And like, it's a harmless way of like expressing or feeling certain things that you might not otherwise express or feel. And it's okay to just have a crush be a crush and not act on it like ever. And so that's just something to think about, I think. Wow. I love hearing this very sound reason-based approach. Um, <laughs> as, as a quintuple sedentarist, my first thought is like, just go for it. Like, <laughs> what do you have to lose? Just like sometimes periodically you have to ruin your life a little bit and that's how we grow, you know? <laughs> um, so probably listen to Kellen, but also if you're looking for a little chaos, what's the worst <laughs> that could happen really? Like, if the reasoning for the crush is like, maybe you're not happy in your relationship, mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe it's fine to just shake things up a little bit and see, see where it, see where it mm-hmm. lands. Or maybe your partner is super understanding and then you bond even more. That's, that's what I would do, but don't, I wouldn't take my advice. So <laughs> I wouldn't take my advice. I feel like I'm, I'm like, when I have a crush, if I don't manifest something out of it, I get very frustrated with myself. I think, so it's like good to hear from you, Kellen, that like there is this very fulfilling option of just letting a crush stay in that state of like, it's in your mind, you daydream about it, but you don't act on it. For me, that's always been something that's given me a lot of frustration because I'm like, I just want something to happen, but maybe that's something I need to bring into my own life. I do love having crushes for the sake of crushes. I just feel like once I'm at mm-hmm. the point where I'm like, should I tell this person? I'm just like, it's if late. I'm it's considering, <laughs> should I express my feelings? They're coming out. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I'm like totally the opposite. I will just like never tell you how I feel, bottle it all up. It's never coming That's out. That's why Pisces telling I'm like, I'm going to tell you. If I don't tell you, I'm going to just lose my shit. That's so funny. <laughs> If I feel a way, people need to know. I'm very much like Julia. Like, I mean, I I guess I'm a little bit in between and that like, I will make it very obvious, but I won't say it out loud. Like, I need the plausible deniability. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Um, same, same. Yeah. But if they pick up on it, like, cool. But if not, then like, like, I never meant anything anyway. Right. (laughs) I feel like if I don't want someone to know I have a crush or have feelings, you will never know. Like, you'll probably think I hate you. Mysterious. <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. I'm definitely not mm. good at hiding the fact that I'm I have not a crush mysterious. on someone. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like having had a crush on a putatively straight girl for a long time <laughs> <laughs> has, like, really shaped my opinions on this where I'm like, I can't, I couldn't say anything because I don't want it to be weird. But that's fair. Yeah, it's situation. Oh, if I don't think telling my feelings will go well, we're oh, not yeah. gonna talk about oh, it. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm only gonna tell someone I like them if I like know that it's pro- reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Have and then I'm like mm-hmm. Have y'all ever confessed feelings to a friend where it like didn't work out? This isn't necessarily confessing feelings. It's a little bit just like asking if this person was flirting with me. And it turned out that they weren't. They listened to. They listen. They listen to this podcast. I'm and so now sorry. you know. Um, <laughs> but what happened was okay. I am a little bit like I'm not gonna assume everyone's flirting with me. Like it's not the way I operate. So like if I ask you if you're flirting with me, it's because I have been 
like noticing the way that you're interacting with me and I have like accumulated enough <laughs> evidence to be yeah. like, okay, I think you are. And I had gotten to that point with this person. And so one day after I shouldn't have done it, I was like, okay, a little bit drunk. I was like, I'm just going to do this because I have the courage or whatever now to do it. So I was like, oh, like I had, no, I made it very clear. I had no expectations. Like I was not, I had like no feeling, not necessarily like I was like, if they had feelings for me, cool. I could work with that and like see what happens. <laughs> But if they didn't have feelings for me, I wasn't going to be like absolutely devastated. I just kind of wanted clarity more than anything. So I just texted them. I was like, oh, like, by the way, like, I have no expectations about anything. I just wanted to know, have you been flirting with me? Or am I just like, uh, did I just read things wrong? And they were like, you were probably reading things wrong. And I was like, (laughs) oh, okay. (laughs) And I was so worried because we were like really, really good friends. And like, we would like, you know, like talk like a lot. So I was like, oh man, did I just like completely ruin this friendship? Is it going to be awkward now? And thankfully it didn't end up being the case. Basically we just sort of were like, all right, cool. We set, we like came to a mutual understanding about what this is. We will now put the discussion aside and continue on with our friendship the way it was. Mm -hmm. And now it's just, it's still been like a very good friendship. So wow. even though there was like that rocky period where I was like, oh God, I don't think I'm going to be able to like get over this. I like lost a friend maybe. It's, there's a way through. <laughs> That's, That's impressive. Yeah. I would never be able to look at them in the face again. I know. Okay. Like <laughs> thankfully we don't live in the same city. So I like, like don't see them in person. We just like talk online and on the phone and stuff. So that's like probably another thing that makes it easier just because everything we're doing is like online or over the phone. Um, but Yeah. Yeah. yeah not that I think like I don't think it should be awkward I think you should just be able to be like hey are you flirting or not and it should be fine in a friendship just I personally if they were like no I would be like well I will never look at you again but <laughs> that, that's okay I understand and please never yeah. contact me I'm very thankful that they didn't get so like skittish and like weird about it they were like okay we can't be friends anymore I'm very thankful for that also so yeah yeah I told a friend that I used to have feelings for them um mm. and like it not not I hadn't intended to but I was like oh yeah you know back when I was in love with one of my close friends and she was like oh was it me like as a joke and I was like ha yes <laughs> 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 and then she was like oh my god like I'm so flattered that's that's really really sweet I had no idea and then just like we kind of kept talking and it's like nothing changed um so i love that it's not quite the same because like i wasn't like oh i'm in love with you right now which i think would have really made things difficult but it's another example that like you can have these similarly not quite as difficult but still difficult conversations with friends and have things be okay Mm mm-hmm I'm trying to, th- I don't know that I have ever confessed feelings, but that is because unless I'm sure it's reciprocated, it's not coming out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to say I had a situation where I did have feelings for a friend and I never, ever told them. And like, now I kind of regret it. And I'm like, if I were in that situation again, I would just tell them because I mean, neither of us were in a relationship. So it was like, I should have just told them and I was just worried about like messing up the friendship but I think like since then my understanding of like how friendships and romantic relationships can like overlap and don't have to be completely separate has just like evolved a lot and like 
if I were in that situation now and there weren't like other complications, I think that I would just go for it because it's like, I don't know. Otherwise, you're just never going to know. You're always going to wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've given this person a lot of conflicting advice. Um, (laughs) But the good news is... I keep going back and forth in what I think. I'm like, tell everyone everything. Never open your mouth. (laughs) The good news is no matter what they decide to do, we are not responsible for anything that goes wrong. Um, Disclaimer. But if you and your best friend fall in love, we need to know and be be in the loop. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll read the next one. I like deeply relate to this question on a visceral level and so not currently but oh, I was I, like oh I, my god <laughs> no no not not currently but in my okay. in, in a previous relationship so I'm like I Same. am interested in, in the advice that is to come yeah um so the question I've been thinking about mediocre relationships as in not terrible but you'd definitely be better off single in parentheses I had one of those and now I want to write a novel about them what would you say are in quotes yellow flags for that? So you don't stay in a relationship for years just because it's not objectively bad. Great yeah, question. <laughs> this is a great question. I just want to say, first of all, I love the concept of yellow flags. I feel like we talk a lot about red flags mm-hmm. and I love the extension of the metaphor that's happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the first thing that comes to mind for me is some advice that I first read from Danny Lavery. He runs the Dear Prudence advice column at Slate, but it's basically just like not wanting to be in a relationship is a perfectly good reason for ending a relationship. Like you don't need some big dramatic reason if you're just not happy or don't feel like it's a fit for you or it's just not a relationship that you want to be in anymore. That's like a very good reason to end a relationship. And like you know, someone who cares about you and most people in general don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with them. And like, they will come to understand that eventually, most likely. Um, But beyond that, I think thinking about like specific yellow flags in terms of like, what does that actually look like? I think a big one for me, and this is like a little nebulous, but I think it is like something that's somewhat easy to judge for yourself is like, are you like a happier and like kinder and more empathetic person when you're with this person? And I think that kind of applies to like all types of relationships, like is having them in your life, enriching your life, like giving you additional like happiness and things that challenge you and like push you to be a better person and like fulfill you versus is their presence in your life something that feels like, it's like weighing you down or making you upset or angry or sad more of the time than it's really like making you happy and like helping, you know, mediate all of the other terrible shit that we all have to deal with under capitalism. Um, And yeah, I just think like, that's the big one to me is like, after you spend time with them, are you usually happier or more depressed? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's a great, like sort of check in with yourself litmus test thing I agree that like there's no obligation to stay in a relationship if you don't want if you yourself like really just don't want to be in it anymore I also think it's important to remember like especially if the relationship is something that's been going on for a very long time that like people the people in that relationship can change like while they're in that Mm. relationship so then your relationship to each other can change the way the relationship 
looks can change. So then like, just because you've been with this person for many years, it doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship looks or functions exactly the same way as it did when you first started dating. And so that can also be a huge factor for you wanting to end the relationship. I think that's something to look at, look out for too, where it's like, like, oh, I've experienced a lot of internal change. And now what I want out of a relationship is something different. How I relate to this other person is different. That can be something to look out for as like a yellow, potentially red flag to end it. I mean, if you wish you were single, that is like a pretty clear sign also. Like, that, like, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm someone where like, well, first of all, I need like a ton of alone time. And so it's like, I, it's sometimes hard for me to answer this question because I'm like, well, I just love being alone so much. Maybe this is the way I am right now where it's just like, I don't really need partnership. But like, if you really wish you didn't want this particular version of partnership, there's no reason why you have to continue it. And like, as Julia was saying, like, if you leave spending time with them being like, oh, like that made me feel really stressed out. That made me feel like super drained. That was less fun or fulfilling than I wanted it to be. And that is like a consistent thing that that's, that's happening. I think that's also a sign. But yeah, I guess just like, I think the big thing for me is just like reminding yourself that like you are allowed to change. The other person is also allowed to change, but that can also be a reason why you two can drift apart. Yeah, I think those are all good points. Uh, as I've said, I very much relate to this question. Um, and like, just like anecdotally from talking to friends about similar things, um, I think it's like common for people who have been in like, more abusive or traumatic relationships to then um, be like, okay, well, this person is like nice to me and have kind of a skewed perception of relationships or like what you're really looking for and just kind of settle for like, they treat me nice, um, which like, right, someone should absolutely be nice to you as like bare minimum, but that doesn't mean you like have to like them and be in a relationship. That's just like, they're doing the bare minimum of like being nice. Um, and then also similar, Bianca was saying, if you're like, find yourself hanging out with someone and you're like, I would rather be home. Let's just say, for instance, I don't know, watching reality TV and you really look forward to like leaving your hangouts with this person so you can go watch TV by yourself. Maybe you would rather be watching TV by yourself. And that's totally <laughs> fine and valid at Zoe two years ago. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, also, yeah, I wouldn't be hard on yourself if you're like realizing that you are or were in a mediocre relationship. Like, right. You don't want to do that long-term. That's not what you deserve, but it's also like, that's okay. You're like learning what you want. And now you know that that's not what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I think also Bianca, your point about like needing alone time just made me think about how, like, I feel like in all of my like long-term relationships and friendships, it's really important to me to find people who like enjoy sort of similar types of alone time or like complementary types of alone time. So like if we can like both sit at a cafe and read a book together, that's like amazing to me. I love doing that. Yeah. Like, you know, people who can sort of, or like, you know, the person who will watch reality TV with you. I love that my current partner watches the shitty reality TV with me that I love. <laughs> oh, he does powerful. not really like it, but like he likes that I like it and we enjoy watching it together. So it's yeah. like, I feel like you have to find people who will sort of like, you know, either be like welcome themselves into the things you enjoy doing to de-stress and like chill out or who can at least like do something that sort of fits in with that like if you like having a lot of alone time and the other person really needs to like always know where you are and always be with you that's probably Ugh. not going to work out <laughs> yeah. my skin crawled just hearing that <laughs> me too i'm like don't contact no. me <laughs> 
<laughs> Someone I dated once asked if I could turn on Find My Friends, you know, Ooh, on the iPhone. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, wait, what? For I did it, but I felt like, I did it, but I felt so I was like, I don't like I trusted this person a lot and we were very close and stuff, but I will I would never let someone know where I am at all times. Never. No, my yeah. jaw literally dropped for the people <laughs> at home. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't even think it says they didn't trust me. They were just like, oh, I just like want to know where you are. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. are times where I don't want you to know where I am. Yeah. I could see. Not for any like... bad reason, just because. <laughs> I, I could see in like a very committed and very comfortable relationship where you have been with somebody mm-hmm. for a long time mm-hmm. and like don't have any trust issues and also don't have any issues with like them trying to control you. Like my ex and I probably still have like find my friends turned on. I have no idea. And it doesn't bother me because I mm. know that like neither of us would ever use it maliciously. But I have to be. I like literally can't imagine putting it on with somebody that I like would date in like the next year, you know, like you have to, it's like a point that you have to get to. Yeah. And I feel like that would be a, uh, certainly a yellow flag is just like (laughs) people getting to relationship spots or like landmarks before you're ready for them. And like constantly feeling like you're being rushed. Not that like, they're not places that you might want to get to eventually, but like feeling like your timelines are slightly out of sync can definitely mm-hmm. be a yellow flag. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good point. Yeah. If you're like very long term and it's like maybe for safety, you want to be able to check in on each other. That makes sense to me being like, we've been dating for like two months. I need to know where you are at all times. I would be like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Do not. Um, okay. I can ask the next question. Um, so this one is any tips on moving in with a partner and how to make the transition? Okay, full disclosure, I've never lived with a partner. I ex- only me and my cat, that's it for life. <laughs> Same. <laughs> that's an important transition. <laughs> Same. I have no advice for this. I've never done it. So. <laughs> I have lots of advice, I think, because I have like very successfully, I think, lived with a partner. Um, Not that it wasn't like hard sometimes, because that's definitely true. But I think, and this is true for pretty much every relationship question, that communication is like the thing that you need to make it work. Um, But like the biggest piece of advice, besides just like be ready to communicate with each other about what you need, is actually very related to what everybody was just talking about here about alone time, which is that like when you live with somebody, that doesn't mean that you want to be with them 24-7. Like, you have to be ready to ask for time by yourself and also to give them time by themselves. Like, no, even if you're the most extroverted person on the planet, it doesn't matter. Like, everyone needs time by themselves. And you have to recognize that it's not a rejection of the other person to ask for this. And, like, I would even say literally, like, have a conversation about asking for alone time. So that you establish up front that, like, you're not rejecting the other person. It doesn't mean anything about, like, how you feel about them. But just that, like, you know that it's healthy for both of you to spend time by yourself. And, like, have an agreed-upon language for doing that. And that will, I think, make things so much easier. Whether it's, like, hey, um, I think I'm going to go hang out with some friends. Like, I need a little bit of time. Like, you know, 
where we can catch up by ourselves. I hope that's okay. Or like, hey, I'm going to go read in the bedroom. Do you mind giving me like an hour or two just to kind of chill by myself? This is assuming that you have more than one room in your apartment, which I recognize is a big assumption, especially in New York. So if you're living in a studio, this becomes very difficult. But like, I think that like recognizing that you are going to need time that you're not spending directly with each other is is like huge. Yeah, I think that's all really good advice. Um, I think my main advice along a similar note is you should each have your own towels. And what I mean <laughs> by that, this may like what the specific thing is for you is going to be different. But for me, when I first moved in with my partner, I realized that like, I just like need to have my own towel. I need to always know where it is. It needs to be hanging next to the shower because if it's not, I never have a towel and I like get in the shower and then there's no towel. And that's very annoying to me. So this is just like, I'm just like, I need to like be responsible for my own thing in this specific area. And in the beginning, it felt like uncomfortable to be like, we're living together, but like, I don't want to share a towel with you. But like, it was actually something that's really made our relationship a lot better to yeah. be like, we're just gonna like have, you know, like a sort of like separation of certain parts of our lives. And I think like what that means to you maybe like, I don't know, like for me, for example, I'm very down to just like share books with people. I give away books to my friends all the time. I don't care about that at all. So we've just like totally mixed our books together and like, that's not an issue, but like maybe for you, you really care about like specific books that are yours that you wanna be able to like take good care of, not dog ear the pages, whatever it is, like asking for those things is not, doesn't mean that you don't care about the relationship or that you don't love the person. It's just like, everybody has their shit that they like have specific things about their living space. And it's really hard to share space with someone, whether it's a partner or a friend or a roommate, whatever. And I think like a lot of times when it's just like, a roommate who's a stranger who you don't know, in some ways it's easier to ask for these things because it's like, the, the stakes are very low, there's, there's right? Nothing at like, stake. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, you're not friends already, so it doesn't really matter. You don't care if they get mad at you. And it's different when it's someone that you like and care about and love. Um, but I think it's important to like realize that just the same way you would ask like a stranger you're living with for respect of certain boundaries that you have, you have to be willing to do those things with a partner as well, because otherwise it just like builds up and you go crazy because you don't have your towel next to the shower. <laughs> yeah, okay, the towel thing reminded me slightly off topic, but I had a roommate a few years ago who used my towel. Like I went to go shower in the morning and my shower towel was hanging on the door like wet. And I <laughs> lost, I had a full breakdown. I left a very passive aggressive yeah. note, which you can't do if it's a partner. You can't leave passive aggressive notes. You have to talk about it. Um, but like, right. These things that are like still a big boundary, even if it's your partner, it's like still a boundary. That's like, okay to set just like probably in a different way than how I handled the roommate who I didn't know. We didn't know each other. She just that's moved in. So, she used my towel. So oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm yeah. yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. That's to be clear. This was like my partner and I had like agreed that we were going to share towels. It wasn't just like a thing that suddenly happened. That is very <laughs> weird and not okay. <laughs> Yeah, but even if it is your partner, you can still decide never use right. my towel and that's okay. Yeah. And yeah, and sometimes you like agree to things and then later you're like, that actually didn't work for me. We gotta we gotta go back to yeah. a different way. Yeah. 
I'm very particular about my leftovers. Like, if I don't eat something, if I, like, go to a restaurant and I don't eat something, it's because I want to eat it later. So if I deny myself, like, at the time that I'm supposed to be eating it, it's only so that I will eat it later and have a great experience again a second time. Mm. If you were going to eat my leftovers, I might as well have gorged myself at the restaurant. Do not eat my leftovers unless I explicitly tell you you can eat my leftovers. It's just one of those things. It's yeah, one of those that's things. That's another good one where it's Helen's like, leftovers. yeah, I some people just, would yeah. just be like, that's fine. I will just eat someone else's leftovers. I mean, I, hopefully you would ask, but like, you know. No, that is <laughs> so rude. <laughs> I would tell it. I'm like, if I have leftovers in my fridge, I have a plan for them. Right. Don't worry about it. This, this also might come See, from like. Yeah. Like, no, no, go ahead. I was just say, this may come from years of like my brother, and he he listens to this podcast sometimes, so like he might have a different memory of how this happened. But I feel like I, sometimes I would have leftovers from like I would go out to eat with my friends or like you know bring something home from school or whatever, and I would like aggressively label it like Kellen's fries, do not touch. Oh my god, put them in my fridge. So I it's a it's a learned habit for sure. That's well, and those are Kellen's fries that you should not I mean, yeah, them. you should, if the person has made it clear, you should not take them. I just, like, for me personally, I just literally save everything. Like, I have a hard time throwing away food. Mm. So even if I don't want to eat it, I'm going to save it. And sometimes it's like, mm. please eat this because I don't want it to go to waste. But yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, like, you should ask. You shouldn't just eat some flat yeah. That's rude. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we also had a couple of um, questions from Twitter. Um, so the first one, person gave a lo- sort of a long explanation that I won't repeat for the sake of time and also sort of respecting her privacy, but I'll quote a little bit from it. So she says, I'm a straight white cis woman. I'm also fat and disabled. And obviously finding someone who shares very similar politics is extremely important to me. She goes on to say that on the apps, she often matches with someone who is either, quote, into me and poly or, quote, too close to liberal and probably only into fucking fat women, but not dating them. And neither of those work for her. So her question is basically, quote, how do you keep going when your pool is already so small because you have important criteria that aren't going to change? Man, this is a big question. This That's is like, really big question. There is not, definitely not an easy answer to. Um, and I want to say, like, I although I have been fat at certain points in my life, like right now I am smaller and like, I don't know really what that experience is like as someone who's dating frequently. But I do think as a queer trans leftist, there are similar issues of like, there is just like a limited pool of people that are gonna be into that. And your options are already sort of a bit more limited than maybe like, the typical cishet white person. Although I don't know, I don't really know what their lives are like, but I feel like <laughs> that, like there is Never that. Met one. Right, like who are they? Um, but I, I just, I do feel that like, um, I don't know, feeling like you have to settle for whoever is interested in you and Ugh. be okay with what they want because you feel like you won't be able to find something better or something that's more like what you want. And I guess for me personally, I would just say that I don't think settling for something I didn't really want has ever made me happier in the long run. And like, 
there are people out there who are going to be into you for exactly who you are and are going to love every part of you. And it won't be like a compromise where they're like, oh, it's okay with me that you're fat. It's okay with me that you're trans. Like they're going to love that. And that's going to be one of the things they love most about you. Like those people are out there. I know it often feels like they're not, but I do think that it's worth it to like take the time that you have to be single and like really establish the things that you want and who you want to be in the world. And when that time comes and you meet someone who is the person that you want to date, I feel like you'll just be even more ready for that and like assertive in who you are. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like settling for someone who really is not gonna be able to give you what you want will end up hurting you in the long run. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. I think for me, I'm kind of in this spot right now where I can't decide if I just objectively don't want partnership at this point in my life or if I just haven't found the person, people who sort of meet the criteria that I have. Cause like similarly to you, Julia, it's like, I like, as like a queer trans leftist, it is like difficult, especially, I don't know. Like, it's just like, it's because I also have a hard time discussing things like being queer and trans with, especially being trans with somebody who's with like, especially with like cis men. I don't, I just have a hard time in general discussing being trans with them. And it's just like, it's hard to like know whether I'm just, I just don't want partnership objectively or just like, I just haven't found the people who I fully, I guess, trust or have a firm connection with to form a partnership with. So yeah, like as Julia was saying, it's like, I don't think settling is necessarily the, you don't, I don't think you feel like you should feel like you have to do it. I don't know. I also just think like a lot of times it's so hard to figure out what people's politics actually are just from apps because a, a lot of people don't write that much about themselves and also this sort of information is hard to suss out very quickly like you have to talk with them for a long time so I don't know that's yeah. like a I think that's like a long-running sort of qualm I have about using dating apps as well because I think it's hard to figure out where people are politically I would agree with that I would say I mean so one piece of sort of like concrete advice I would give as somebody who was in like a very long term and I would say like successful relationship with somebody who when we started out was sort of started out dating was sort of politically agnostic like wasn't that interested in politics and wasn't that invested in politics but sort of on the more lib side of things and became by the time we broke up and we broke up in a very amicable way. And he's still one of my closest friends. Like um, he was, he's, you know, at the very least a social Democrat. I will say that sometimes people may not be exactly where you are, but I think a lot of people just don't have, haven't had the right sort of I don't want to say exactly like education. I guess education is right, but I don't mean that in the formal sense. I mean it in the sense of like political education mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm. to understand like why the world sucks in the way that it does. Um, and so the first thing I would say is like, and I don't mean this to say like, oh, you need to settle for a lib. 
I <laughs> think that somebody who's like, my favorite podcast is Pod Save America. Like, fuck that. That guy will be terrible. But like, <laughs> if there's a guy who's like, you know, I don't know that much about politics. Like, I think, you know, I've I voted for Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or whatever. I mean, again, I see somebody with Elizabeth Warren on a dating app and I'm like, ooh, swipe, swipe left. But like somebody who doesn't <laughs> advertise themselves as being like a Warren dude, but it's like, yeah, she seems cool or whatever. Like those people I actually think have the potential to move. And so something that might sort of broaden the pool a little bit is being open to people who are not quite right where you are, but aren't like ideological liberals, but people who are just sort of vaguely liberal because they're not as informed as they might be. And who, when they have that information, would be on the left. Um, And the other thing I want to say is just that, like, I think this is a really uniquely demoralizing time to be trying to date. And so I just want to validate, like, the feelings that you're having of frustration and anxiety and all of that kind of stuff. Like, again... I'm not in your specific shoes. I, I'm not even trying to date men at all. And that must be a minefield in and of itself. Um, so I'm sorry about that. Um, but like, but, but it is, it is really, really tough to be in a pandemic and dating. And so something else, just like, you know, since this is supposed to be advice, like another piece of advice I would say is to like recognize that like this is the feelings that you're having now and the experiences that you're having now are not forever and things will get better things will get easier you can meet people in real life again you know probably within the next year like be able to like be introduced to people meet friends of friends at parties like the kinds of ways that are more organic that are easier to judge people um and in the meantime i would say like give people the benefit of the doubt on dating apps. I try to do that. And I've like, I've met some really cool people. Like, you know, even if you don't ignore red flags or yellow flags, as we've talked about, but like, you know, they're sort of, if you're, if you're kind of on the fence about somebody, maybe don't write them off it, you know, based on assumptions. Um, again, it's a man, so your assumptions are probably true. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard for me to say all of this again, being like, oh, dating men. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I agree that like, this is so corny, but I agree that like, you know, it's not hopeless for you by any means, but I totally get why it feels, you know, why it feels hard, especially right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, go ahead. I get the other thing I was just going to say in terms of like concrete advice is like around where you're trying to meet people because I feel like I don't know like Tinder and kind of the mainstream dating apps especially are just notoriously terrible for anybody of any sort of marginalized identity or whose politics are not just like mainstream one party or the other um like I don't know I mean I feel like this is just very bold to throw out there but like you could try meeting people on twitter um that's a thing people do or yeah like wherever you are spending the time whether it's online or in person that's really fulfilling to you are there people there that you could be 
trying to get to know, just like establish closer relationships with, and that may eventually lead to more of a partnership, or maybe they know someone they could introduce you to. Um, I also was going to say, I don't know if cishet people are allowed to be on Lex, but I feel like if you were open to dating queer or trans people, maybe that could be an option. Um, and just in general, like, I don't know, if you're like primarily dating cis men, would you be open to dating trans men? If you're primarily dating white guys, would you be open to dating non-white guys? Like, are there ways that you can expand your pool beyond what you're currently considering right now in ways that you might actually be open to, but just maybe aren't thinking about at the moment? Um, because I do think like, there are going to be people out there who will be interested in you for you and they just might not be on like tinder or bumble or whatever yeah well this yeah this is like connected to what i was going to say which is like it goes back to what you and kellen were both saying about with the information that is or isn't provided on apps i think like for the people who i've met online where i feel like i've had the best experiences with it's because i sort of knew a lot about what they were like or at least how they presented online or where they stood politically prior to reaching out to them like I have like dm people on twitter to be like oh like I think you're like interesting and like we have like gotten along but it's like because like I knew more about them prior to meeting them and so I think if there's an opportunity as Julia was saying to like, you know, use whatever social media platforms you're on. If you're on it, I mean, you're at least on Twitter or at least any other sort of like online platform where like you have a better sense of what people are like beyond just a handful of pictures and like two sentences where it doesn't even necessarily, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I guess the other question is then like, you don't know whether they're like looking for dating if they are like on Twitter, but if you can, if you can sense that they are, then I don't think a DM slide would hurt is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really like felt for this person reading this. Um, but I'm glad like the last part of this, I appreciated that you specified like having important criteria that aren't going to change and like not willing to settle. I think it's like really common, especially for like women and like women dating men, especially if you have strong criteria to be like, oh, you're like being too picky um and like you're not not that you're expressing saying that but I just want to like reiterate that it is not like too picky to have specific criteria that you're looking for or not um I've certainly like gotten this a lot when I'm single because it's like yeah I don't want to date someone that isn't like the things that I want and that's good you don't want to waste your time with people that like also your criteria are like very you're not asking for too much by oh it's like very extremely (laughs) extremely reasonable yeah Yeah. you this is like the bare minimum of like what you deserve and that's like very important to remember Mm -hmm. um and yeah what kellen said with like it is very hard right now to be dating i think it's also really anxiety inducing just like right now it's probably more likely than not that you're gonna like meet online or like at least have like online dates before meeting in person and like with the person i'm currently dating that was the case um like having online dates first and like I had a lot of anxiety just around like this person like seeing me in the flesh for the first time like seeing what my body looks like um and like I think that's normal it's like very doesn't feel necessarily like natural to like meet someone online before like meeting in person and like not really having a sense of like right what they look like what you look like um 
So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's like a very hard time to be seeking someone yeah. to date. Especially because a lot of people offline are personality wise or just the way they behave very different from how they act online. At least this has been my experience. So it's just like, it's so weird to make that transition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel like I have great advice. I'm just like, I really feel for this. It seems like, it seems like you're doing a great job of like knowing what you want and like yeah. sticking to that. But yeah, I don't feel like I have like a great piece of advice other than that. And like, also just like a lot of straight men are terrible. Whatever's happening. It's like, it's men's fault. It is not you. <laughs> <laughs> don't take any of it personally. <laughs> no, 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 never to, Yeah. Okay, so we had another long question from Twitter, which again, um, we're going to take some of the info out to protect identities. So this person says that they are with someone they love deeply, who is, quote, a survivor of multiple abusive relationships with men, in addition to having worked in a medical facility through the pandemic. She's really been through it, and she wants to get married and get a house. But the issue is we rarely make out, and we've never had sex because of those experiences with men unquote. So this person clearly really loves and cares for their partner. Um, They added that they're turning 30 and they feel like they're in sort of a holding pattern. Um, And then a couple other things worth noting. Um, They said, quote, therapy is overwhelming to her. And also it might not be possible right now because of financial constraints. Um, And then this person concludes, quote, it's feeling harder to love myself or prioritize my needs in our relationship. And bluntly, I really miss feeling like a sexual person and don't even know what that would feel like anymore. And I'm having a hard time. Yeah, this is really tough. Yeah, this is another big one. Yeah, this is another one that I really felt. Um, don't have great advice. I've been interested in hearing all of your advice. I have been in a mostly sexless relationship and it was like very hard for me. Um, and I think also the part about therapy being overwhelming is like, I understand that. And also that concerns me in the extent that like, if there is this issue in your relationship coming from a place of trauma, um, and it seems like you're not able to talk about it that much and that the partner isn't able to seek therapy because it's overwhelming. It just feels like there aren't so many avenues for you to like work this out. I'm not sure what like options that leaves that like feels pretty tricky, honestly. Yeah, I guess, yeah. The one question I had is like, I wonder if this partner has somebody who she can talk to about the trauma she's experienced that in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely also like, feel a lot of empathy for both people in this situation it's just yeah they're yeah. like yeah it's hard as somebody who has experienced like a lot of sexual trauma and has like a very complicated relationship with my body as a result and is also like i'm currently in a place where i'm you know not interested in being physical with people because i'm trying to like work on that um I, like, know that that has taken a toll on my relationships. And, like, I mean, you know, it's relatively new, but, like, it creates a lot of problems. And I'm very sensitive to that. And that's part of the reason I'm, like, not really dating right now. 
And I know that like towards the end of my last relationship where this was really coming to a head, it was just really, really difficult for my partner. Um, And I felt really bad about that. But I also recognize that like if that the person that I was with wasn't basically like asexual Mm -hmm. and I was in a place where I couldn't be sexual that there's like a fundamental incompatibility there and it's really hard but it it reminds me of like what Bianca was talking about earlier where it's like sometimes relationships change like people change and what you know that you need from a relationship changes and it may be that like I remember reading this on Twitter I think these people have been together for like seven years like seven years ago it felt like this was something that was like you could deal with you're not a bad person if seven years later you're like I need something different right now um and I'm not saying that you you need to get out of this relationship I think there are a lot of options I think potentially looking at like maybe an open relationship might help I don't know if that's something that would work for you guys but I think that it's this just feels really unsustainable to me. And it's not anybody's fault. It doesn't mean anybody's a bad person, as as you know. But I think that you deserve something different than what you're getting right now. And you can still love somebody and need something more than you can get from a relationship with them. And that's really difficult. I will just say that like the relationship that I was in the last like serious relationship that I was in that ended, it was partly because of this issue, also partly because I was like, maybe I'm too gay to be with man. But like both valid. Uh, both valid. <laughs> but like um and they were interrelated issues. Um but like we're still best friends. Like just because your relationship and I'm not saying that this relationship should end, but I, 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 if you are in a similar place as I was, you know, two years ago or a year and a half ago, the idea of my relationship ending was so scary and so catastrophic that it was like, I couldn't even think about it. But the relationship doesn't have to end. It can just change. And it, you know, if you guys are really important to each other and important in each other's lives, then like, it's possible to stay close and have like a really rewarding relationship while also being potentially sexually intimate with other people, maybe not having that romantic aspect in your life. Yeah. That was kind of what I was imagining as well, where I was like, if an open relationship would work where uh, this person could be, you know, having their sexual needs fulfilled elsewhere, that could be a good thing. Because again, like I think as I don't remember who said this at the beginning, but it's like, one person doesn't have to be everything for you. I think that was a big realization that I made in my dating life where it's like, I don't, I no longer expect the people I date to be like my whole world or everything. And so what, with that realization, if there's a model that works for both of you where uh, you can like have sex with other people and then yeah. have the romantic aspect of this relationship still be fulfilled, that would also be great. Yeah. The other thing I was just going to say is I... I mean, I assume you have, but it's hard to tell from this question. Like, have you talked about this with your partner? And is that Mm. something that you feel capable of doing? Because I think to me, 
the only possible yeah. way really to work this out and continue the relationship would be by having a lot of tough conversations with your partner about what is going to work for both of you and is it potentially opening up the relationship is there a way that you can potentially like figure out how she can move towards this being something that she's ready for or is sex not going to be something that she's ever interested in like is that something that you've discussed with her because it seems like right now potentially neither of you exactly know what the other is expecting and i think like that has to be clear before you're going to be able to figure out if there is a way through this um it also like does concern me a little bit that you say this person says she wants to get married and get a house and i'm like i don't think like if sex is an important part of a relationship to you as it is for many people and it sounds like it is to you which is very reasonable I don't think you should move in with someone or get married to them before you have any idea what that piece of your relationship yeah. is going to look like. That is just setting yourself up for a terrible situation where someone is definitely going to get hurt. And I think right now you still have an opportunity to work through things in a way that could be healthy and allow both of you to get what you need, but just like rushing into something because maybe you feel like you need to do that to fix the relationship yeah is a terrible idea and like please do not do that right okay the last I, one other thing i'll say is like the thing i find extra sad about this is that you're like it's feeling harder to love myself or prioritize my needs in the relationship like i i mean like i think like it's important to remember that uh you don't necessarily have to see your partner as like a bad person or someone who's like done like a ton of things wrong yeah. to feel like you're not being fulfilled in important ways like they can be like going through their own things they can have they can bring certain things to the relationship that like could as a result make some sort of make for some sort of mismatch or incompatibility but that doesn't necessarily mean that either of you have like anything that's like deeply morally wrong with you so I don't think you necessarily have to be like, it's hard to love myself because of this. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, yeah, as someone who has been on more so this like end of a relationship, um, I think at least for me, it was hard because right. You don't want to like bring it up and like make your partner feel like pressured into sex in any way, um, which you shouldn't, but it is also okay to be like, I want to be in a relationship where I can have sex if that's what you want. Um, and like, right, not everyone does. And like people's sex drives fluctuate and like whatever end of that you're on, you can totally find someone who's like on the same page. But if you're not, and that's important to you, like you shouldn't be in a relationship where those needs aren't being met, especially if like, as Bianca said, it's making you have a harder time, like loving and appreciating yourself. Um, and like, you miss feeling like a sexual person. Like this is something that you miss that's lacking for you. And so, um, yeah, you shouldn't be in a relationship where like, that's just going to continue. It doesn't seem like her stance is going to change. And like, that is also totally valid, but right. That doesn't need to be the right situation for you then. So yeah, I can read our, our last question for today <laughs> is thoughts on the timeline for going from 0% slut during COVID to 100% slut <laughs> post, post COVID. <laughs> Yes. Glad you asked. <laughs> oh boy. I feel like a lot of people are having this exact sort of thought right now. 
Yeah, totally. I think like, honestly, I mean, I like, I'm not dealing with this exact situation, but just like the idea of going out and like hanging out with tons of people again after a year plus of really only seeing like family and a few very close friends is just like overwhelming. Um, and I think that's okay. One thing that's been helping me is just remembering that literally everybody is dealing with that. And like, we're all probably just going to be a little weird and not quite remember how to date or hang out with people. And that like is fine. I think most people that you encounter and like, you know, chill good people that deserve your time are going to understand that. And like, I think don't try as much as you can not to like stress about not knowing exactly what you're doing or being a bit out of practice because we're all in that situation right now. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, like, I think one challenge I, I have is recognizing the moment I want to leave a social event and then being like, all right, how am I going to leave? How am I going to leave? I want to leave. Um, <laughs> so but- true. You can't just hang <laughs> up the Zoom call anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so one thing that's been helpful for me as someone who's sort of begun socializing again is like, you can leave whenever you want to. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, you can leave whenever you want to. And like, what do I even say? I'm just like, all right, I think I'm going to head home now. And that's like, okay, I don't know. Like there have been a lot of times pre-pandemic where I was like, I stayed for far too long and I drained myself so much. Um, Just remembering that like, you know, you always have the option to just leave if you want to is very That freeing. also just really reminds me of the share zone meme. That's like, ju- you Which can one? leave, like just, it's like a skeleton running. And then it's like, I don't know, like, <laughs> social event work thing just walk out and then one of them is like cops if you're quick it's just like just leave just go for it I don't know that that's what that makes me think of you you can leave yeah that's my universal advice just leave like you don't want to be there anymore I guess the other thing is just that they also asked about kind of like specifically the health concerns or like not knowing exactly how to navigate that and I definitely think that's something where like it can kind of be a good way of like weeding out people that maybe you shouldn't meet up with if they're not willing to respect your boundaries like that's a good sign that they're not going to respect your boundaries in other situations so I do think like you know having a conversation about it beforehand whether that's like oh, like I'm vaccinated and I feel comfortable hanging out indoors or like I'm only comfortable with outdoor stuff whatever it is like just being upfront about that and making sure that you're able to like work that out with someone before meeting up with them. Um, Because I do think that's like, I feel like I have a lot of anxiety about like asking for what I want when I feel like it's an imposition on people. Yes. But it's like, you know, this is literally like your health and other people's health if you're going to like a restaurant or other public setting. So you know, try to speak up for your needs and wants in that respect. And if they're worth your time, they will listen and be willing to follow that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, if you're the one making the plan, I guess something that I just do now is like, if we are going to a bar or a restaurant, I always try to give a description of like what the setup is like, if I know what it is, or if I don't know what it is, I actually try to figure it out before I tell them. I'm like, oh, like, do you want to meet here? They have this type of outdoor seating, this type of indoor seating. I'm at this level of vaccination, like whatever. I think like 
I mean, like, I guess for me right now, it feels a little, it feels very normalized to sort of have that conversation before we start hanging out. But if whoever you're hanging out with isn't there yet, I think like, hopefully, like if you can start integrating that into your sort of planning conversations, like that's like really, like once you start doing it, it becomes super rote and like, you don't even think twice about it. But I think that's something that has definitely been helpful for me. Yeah. Ready for hot girl summer 2021 <laughs> yeah absolutely oh, yeah ay, ay, ay. <laughs> <laughs> i say that as somebody who's like not eating indoors yet so i just am Same. like i'm like yeah hot girl summer and then i'm like i just want to be alone former former guest and friend of the pod talia laven just wrote an article about blob girl summer which is <laughs> basically just like the inverse of hot girl summer just like yeah being alone it. doing your own shit and being yourself i think yeah that's something that i've actually realized about myself during the pandemic it's like damn i need way more alone time than i thought it <laughs> maybe yeah i don't know yes just, yeah 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 I for sure like i'm like i'm getting used to this this is fine new things have to reopen <laughs> <laughs> Should we wrap it up with personals? We have one personal that we would like to share. So this personal is from JD. They're 30. Trans femme romantic sun. Fuckboy moon. Himbo rising. Down for whatever DMs. Down for whatever. Oh, I read this wrong. Down for whatever. Down for any DMs. (laughs) Whatever DMs. Down for whatever, (laughs) comma, DMs open. And... They're at is at your auntie, A-U-N-T-I-E-J-D. So, oh, yeah. And up. as always, if you would like to submit any um, emails requesting to date a member of the coven or someone <laughs> from the Discord, why not? Um, you can send those to seasonofthebee at gmail.com. You me? can. Is it Season it of is. the Bitch? Okay. Also, I okay. always forget. Season of the Bee. I the only one is just Patreon. monitor the email. I'm going to be honest. It's been really boring lately. Um, please send me something interesting. That's <laughs> yeah. like I'm screening please them for everyone. <laughs> literally send us any emails. If they're worthy, Zoe will tell us about them. Um, also, not to pitch us for a quick second. Um, Julia had a really great idea about dating via Twitter, and I'm just wondering why nobody is trying to date me on Twitter. Throwing that out there, this is Kellen. Thank you so much. Um, anyway, That's Julia, you were you were yeah. telling everyone about yeah, Kellen. If you send her something about history, maybe how much you love history, you're off yeah. to a good start. <laughs> Um, or if you are too shy to directly DM Kellen, you could DM the Season of the Bee Twitter at Season of the Bee or reach out Ooh. on Instagram. Same handle there. Kellen um, does monitor the Twitter though, specifically. Yeah, well. it, it will also be Kellen, but you know, there's that extra layer of remove mystery. Right. Yeah, who is it? It's no. Kellen. <laughs> it's all of us, but via Kellen. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, you can also visit our website, seasonofthebee.com, and you can give us money on Patreon, patreon.com slash seasonofthebitch. And if you do that, you can join our exclusive Discord where you can personally ask questions just like this to us all the time. No limits. We'll answer them. Yeah, we have a whole romance channel. We do. And we talk 
a lot about different romantic encounters there um, and all kinds of things, pets, plants. Um, and we also have a reading group. We're reading some fiction right now and that's been great. Um, and, you know, rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening to us right now. Say nice things about us, please. Thank you. All right. Love you all. Love you. Bye. Season of the Bitch.